Welcome to the Punnett's Preamble. I'm Simon Dinopoulos. I'll be joined by the gun, Jake Altieri, filling in for Adam Blenko, who's away on holidays for two weeks, currently building a few snowmen from the photos he sent through. So having a good time with the family, but you're here, Jake. You're ready to rumble? Yeah, honoured, as always. Who is the highest rated horse racing in the world this weekend? So we've actually got joint winners of this award this week in Naval Crown and Artorias. So... They're supposed to be going around in the Primorie de Geest over in France on Sunday night, I believe. Yep. So Naval Crowns met Artorias the last two starts at Royal Ascot and in the July Cup and beat him both times. But 1,300, we know what Blinks believes about Artorias, that the further the better with him. So the average winning rating for the last five years is 125. Neither of them have hit that peak as yet, but... Sunday might bring a whole new ball game to that. We keep flicking around the world, head across a couple of borders to Germany. It's German Oaks Day over in Dusseldorf. Very good. I think it's no, it's not in Dusseldorf, wherever it is. So the highest rated there is Toy for Aiden O'Brien, Ryan Moore, with a peak of about 112. She looks pretty clear from the rest. The rest are about 100, 102, and some even worse than that. But the thing that we want to touch on here is the Australian... Interest in the race, so Australian Bloodstock have bought Toscana Bell yep. uh, off a couple of starts back where she won a listed race, and interestingly, Karen McAvoy hops on the big bird and goes over to Germany to ride her, so could be seeing her down in Australia sooner rather than later, but back on home soil, Forbidden Love in the Missile Stakes comes up mm. as the highest rated in Australia, 119 during the autumn. Not a bad segue for us because she is the Dunno this week. Found it a tricky race to assess. You always know you got the Dunno right when you start discussing what's a Dunno and you bring up a horse and you spend the next five minutes talking about said horse and at the end you still don't know. And for us this week, that is Forbidden Love. Obviously very good last prep. She won the Canterbury, George Ryder game in the Doncaster, over the top in the all-aged. First up in the missile stakes, not an overly strong race. When you look at it, given what she did last time in. So you can understand if people really want to charge into her. But at the same time, I'm not sure I want to. How did you assess her on the weekend? Yeah, what you said was right. We mentioned the name and went around in circles for five minutes trying to make reasons why and reasons why she can't. She was a pretty interesting one to line up because you sort of have the feeling that they're not here to win this race. But then again... You argue that nobody is. I'm not sure. She looks a bit gross at three dollars ten. Whereas I think personally, I I like Count de Rupee at you love the five dollars. Yeah, you and love him. Well, we talk about it on the podcast all the time where they go through the Queensland Winter Carnival and come back in the spring and they're tenfold better. I'm happy to overlook that last run because that's not the reason why they were there. Mm. The reason why they were there was when he won. What is it? The Kingsford Smith. Or the victory. The victory in the lead up. Yep. Yeah. So when he won the victory, that's the whole the whole reason why they were there. And they pushed on after it because he got the run. So pretty happy to be on in his corner. But yeah, forbidden love, I don't know. She's obviously going to want further, deeper into her prep. And whether they're going Epsom direction is the question, I think. She's still got him well in the Doncaster, obviously, but... Dual group one winning mare. She beat the handicap, but they weren't able to touch her leading into that Doncaster. But different scenario now for her coming back. You'd imagine she goes on that wave for age path. Not a lot around. The Winx is obviously Animo and that are going to kick off. So 
she probably catches them on the hop, which is why they want to run here. A chance to beat them when they're all sort of first up, bit ring rusty, and she'll have had that run. Do you want to back her in her lead up to that? That's what you got to ask yourself. 310. It's interesting because they counter Rippy first up. Not poorly in at the weights, but he's going to get back in the field, you'd imagine. You got Bellucci, babe. If it was 1100, I'd be really keen. I'm just a little niggle at 12 at this level. Embraces trial well, but been a while between good runs, I would say, for him. Halal needs further. Nimali's going to go back. And then Gemsong, Wonderbar, Enchanted Heart. Yeah, you wouldn't be surprised if them run a good race, but you'd be surprised if they won. So then all of a sudden it's, well, I want to find something to beat Forbidden Love, and I'm still searching. So then you sort of come back to her, but then I'm not sure about her going to Michael Friedman. He 6% his last 350 runners. I actually think Richard is the better of the two. I would think looking at their records, Michael would be the weakest Friedman in the training ranks. So for me, that's a little niggle, but they always say good horses train themselves. So she's trialled well, but very interested to see what the market does. Because even after all of that, I still don't know where I sit. I messaged my brother to see what he thought. His reply was no idea, which I think is a good summary for the Dunno this week, Forbidden Love. Good to see the good horses back. A few have tried well this week. And we kick off with the missile. It's crazy how quick it all comes around. Yeah, it just feels like, I mean, three weeks ago, we were just lapping up the, the Stradbroke up there and the uh, Kingsford Smith and all that. And all of a sudden, we're back around to group threes and only less than a month away from the Winks, which is mm. the first group one of the season. So, yeah, Forbidden Love, not quite sure. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so against the Michael Friedman thing. I mean, in the end, they did train in partnership and I do not come to grips with that good horses train themselves theory I absolutely that is I loathe that that is, <laughs> that is that is horrible but yeah I'm pretty much agreed on that you can't back her to win but you can't find anything else to beat her mm. which is that I know the bizarro for us comes up in race for conqueror I missed the mail on this so reportedly this is Chris Waller's golden rose horse this season I think he's on the fourth line of betting he's $15 to win the golden rose off winning a maiden set weights race on the round with Kenzo I know the form out of that maiden has been good, but 1,100, he goes 1,400 first up on a testing track. I don't think he's running. It's a weird setup. So your idea is that they've nommed him, they've accepted him just to scratch him race morning. Well, I know. How stupid is that? But it's a weird – there's no way you would have expected this horse to go 1,400 first up. Well, especially if the Rose is the target and that's – so what, you're going to keep him at 1,400 for 12 weeks? I don't know. It's a it's a strange one. I mean, J-Mac not riding isn't a thing because he obviously can't ride 53, so there's no lean in terms of the stable. But Waller first up is always a bit yuck. Certainly they improve with racing. It's not a spot you want to find as a punter, Waller first up. And he's got the first and second favourite in the race. Conqueror, obviously they have a massive rap on him to consider him their golden rose horse coming back. On his maiden win, there was nothing really there at our end to suggest that he was the golden rose horse. But by Churchill, interesting to see how he comes back. But 230 for me is a bizarre price. Yeah, I think, what was he, 95 with time form after his maiden win. And obviously not a world beater, but pretty good for a two-year-old in his only start. But we do see these two-year-olds have one start and come back and blow him out of the water. Pikeon, obviously a good sign, but yeah, $2.30 about a relative unknown. 
on a bog track in Sydney, benchmark 72, like, he'd want to be very, very good, I would say. And, well, I mean, according to you, he's not even going around. Well, uh, it's very unusual for Chris Waller to be doing this, I would think. Like, he's only been seen once over 1,100. And he got back over 1,100, so I can concede that he's probably looking for further. But to go 1,400 first up, to me, it's I would haven't been able to crawl through it, but it would be a strange scenario for Chris Waller. I'd, I'd say he's very rarely done it. For instance, the stable mate won on debut 1,300. So 1,400 first up isn't as big a stretch. But 11 to 14, if that was during a prep, you'd be sort of a bit, how you going? But this is now off a break. So likely to have improvement going out to an untried trip and a significant jump in distance from the only start we've seen prior. I might be very Aussie on this. They do this in the UK all the time and no one bats an eyelid. So maybe it's just my Aussie eyes on it, but is it just strange setup. Is it just because the race is a bit blur that he's popped up that price? Like, I mean, on the third line of Ben, I've been trying, that's... He's, you know, he's a good horse in his own right, but he's coming off a pretty, like a good highway win. But on the third line of betting, is are they just pricing him on hype? I think so. Well, if he's, the way I think they look at it, he's $15 in the Golden Rose. He's $15 in a Golden Rose. He's now at a benchmark 72. Well, you've got to mark him inside two to one. Yeah. If they're, if they're believing their futures price, they've got to have him short in a, coming back in a winner 72. That's how I imagine he's this short. And obviously there's no action. At that price. I just feel like they can't even price him off height because there there really is none outside of the four walls of the Chris Wallace stables or the 12 walls or however many barns he's got out there. That was, this was sort of the first time I'd really heard of him and he popped up at $2.30 and bit it out. I thought, you know, one of his horses through the Atkins and through the Queensland Carnival might have been their quote-unquote golden rose horse. Mm. But to pick this fella out, it seems a bit weird. Mm. Maybe he doesn't have anything. There's also that option. Is it he could be the best of a bad bunch? Because what was it? He's had less two-year-old winners, but his ROI is bigger than it has been for the last, what, three or four years? Yeah, so he had a lot of big price debut winners, and that's what shot up his ROI. So if you ignore the ones, I think, outside 10 to 1, you'd be horrendous in terms of ROI. But if you backed all his roughies, you're in front. And as we keep harping on it every week, the two turn three is going to be very interesting now because we didn't see the best of them or what we feel was the best of them. A few were held back because of the wet tracks. He could be another one. So I'm very intrigued to see how he goes, but 2.30 to me is bizarre just because of the whole setup. And from a ratings perspective, he doesn't have an edge on any of our numbers. You're betting on Blue Sky and you're taking 2.30, which for me is always a horrendous spot. So therefore, he is the bizarro. One that is not bizarro is your best bet of the day. Where are we heading in Melbourne? Yeah, we're heading to Flemington Race 8, number four, Nicolini Vito. I've fallen in the line behind the king, Trent Crevin. He's keen. Yeah, he put this up for the Melbourne Mail, and it was probably a surprise winner, I guess you could say, down the straight first up. But he um, got the job done right on the line, and the rise to 1,400 seems to be ideal for him, especially this time of the campaign. He um, put put a few wins on the board in a row last prep, and returned with a peak figure of 103 with time form and obviously suggesting that he's back as good, if not better than ever. And fingers crossed he can just go on with the job. The rest of them behind him don't seem to have much going for them, whereas he seems to be on that upward rise still. So pretty happy to play Nicolini Vito, uh, Flemington Race 8, number 4. 
Very good. Very good. Not a stable I like to find off a peak, but at least you saw him string a few together last time in, so not too much of a concern there. What's he going to beat? Bam's on fire and William Thomas, I think I'll have him. You've got him. For me, up in Sydney, I found it really hard on Saturday. I got to race five and still hadn't really found anything I liked. I've got to race eight. I still haven't found anything I liked. Well, when I say anything I like, anything that I think is actually a, a decent bet or worth, you know, taking the early price about. Race nine, pretty simple formula for me in Sydney of late. You either find J-Mac Hugh Bowman, you find a horse third up and a horse that rates well, which is Illafar. Drawn inside, that Frumos race has already provided three winners. We backed Sir Lemur last week. Joseph and Jones won the Dubbo Cup. 1A. 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 And then this horse has run fourth. Second up, should be better now. Getting to a mile. Formerly race in New Zealand. She's had a bit of a disjointed prep since then. She had 200 days off, one run, then 262 days, and now she's third up. So you'd like to think she's at her peak. And a key switch with McDonald going on from a soft draw. So for me, for me, she rates clear off her last start. And that being the case, I'd suspect she has more to come coming into this and therefore looks really well placed at the weights. $5 you can get each way about her. Happy to take on contributing factor. I just think that midway form is absolute garbage. All of it. Just on midways. I reckon it's the worst midway we've seen this week. It is utterly horrendous. You are not. You are, you're a fan of the midway concept. You're just not a fan of it being on a Saturday. Yeah, I like the mid. Run it on Wednesday. We got seven races at Warwick Farm or Canterbury. Why not make it eight? Run it there. We don't need it on a Saturday. It just annoys me. At least the highways, I get it because you know country trainers and country owners they want to have a chance to race in town. I think highways are fantastic. Got to sort out getting those Canberra horses in, but that's a that's another discussion altogether. But the midway, what the hell is it doing here? It's a seventy-two with horses. It's the same horses every week. Like, I found Bazooka. <laughs> That's when I knew I needed to pen the race. You know, J-Mac on and 1800. Like, it, they're just they're horrendous. So, contributing factor off midway form, put that straight in the bin. And Ilafar, J-Mac, inside draw, keen. I think she'll go very close. Just quickly on Ilafar, daughter of Dundee. You scroll down the form page, you see Amaralina, Rocket Spade, 22,000 up to 2,400. What are we thinking? I think just as a filly, you know, they stretch them out. She's obviously by done deal. And then she's come to Australia for Chris Waller and got back over 1,400 on Dubu. She was good behind Agreeable there. And then 14-14, now a mile. Probably like 2,000, you'd imagine. But as we know with the Chris Waller stable, really like to give them that grounding before they go up in trip or not one to rush them up in trip, certainly. So I think she's ready now. And the booking of McDonald is enough for me to suggest she's ready to win in a race with not a lot of depth, I don't think. Seems to be the theme across the Randwick card apart from the feature. Yeah, it's hard. The Doing a punters club down at ANC Footy Club with the punters and collectors on Saturday. Anyone wants to come down and have a few beers and a bet, we'll be there. And we're going to have, a, I think, 10K bank for Saturday. And... I'm not really keen on anything. So I've got some work to do because I can't turn up there on Saturday and say, boys, we're not having a bet. Um, obviously, we'll be betting. So I'm hoping, I think we'll make certainly make Illafar one of our best ways on the day. If it wins, we want to be at least making our money back. So we'll be having a crack at it in race nine and hopefully we can jag a few winners along the way. I'm sure Casino might toss a couple up for you. Oh, well, I've been told there's a few at Newey, so I've got to keep the power dry. I'm going everywhere, here, there and everywhere on Saturday and... There's plenty of races at Belmont on Saturday, so surely 
you can find a winner there and we can watch the mighty Raiders knock over the Panthers on Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with the Punters Preamble. Good luck if you're having a bet on the weekend. Cheers.